Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. I received a call this morning from one of our dear members asking me to say something on her behalf, and it She also asked me to read a little bit of a scripture, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this because it's so good. It's Sam Ilka, and Sam had a car accident a few number of weeks ago. I'm not sure how many weeks ago it was, and it did a little bit of damage to her legs. She still got a little bit of effect from that, but when I went and visited her in the hospital the day that uh, they took her into the emergency room after the accident, boy, was she busy supposed to be in the hospital, being taken care of, and you could just see she's just, she actually checked herself out the same day. And I wagged my finger in her face when I found out about that. But anyhow, we've gone from that place to where we are now, and she said, will you do me a favor and read some of Psalm 27? The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. And then it continues to go on, and there's a lot, and I'm going to just read the very last verse. And it says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. As she was in the hospital, and I came to find out what got her so stirred up in the hospital, is the police officer showed up and gave her her license back and a ticket and told her she was at fault in the accident. And she was not pleased about that. So anyhow, she ended up with a court date. And before going into before the judge, I guess her and the police officer were in a room having a discussion From what I understand, maybe a little bit of a heated discussion. And they could not come to an agreement on what happened. They went before the judge. She laid everything out. And the judge said, you are free and clear. There's no ticket. There's no fine. And in the middle of from when she had this discussion with the police officer to going in, she's just like, father as she had been all along. Father, I really need you to insert yourself into this thing. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen every time, but she really was praying, and the Lord met her in that place, and she's just praising the Lord, and I think it was just wonderful to hear, and it really has allowed her to sleep at night. You know how important sleep is, don't you? So God answers our prayers. Over the last number of years, when we get to the month of September, my predecessor, uh, Joe Kaderu, was our missions director for a number of years and, and uh, got us to a point where working with Pastor Annalie Dunn and, and, and things stirring and whatever happened, we began to start a missions month. Actually, I think it was maybe more of a mission Sunday. And then maybe it got to be a missions Sunday and a Wednesday. And now we've got a missions month. And we get to, if I can, herald the great works of those that are doing some wonderful ministries and are wonderful ministers 
in the war against what our enemy would try to take down. They are out there on the battle lines on a daily basis, as I understand we all are when we're in our faith. But these particular groups of people that we support on a monthly basis are very special, special ministries and people. And I think today we've got to face the fact that our adversary is doing a lot of damage to a whole lot of people in this day and age. Would you agree with that? As I was praying about this and, and trying to put words on paper and just thoughts, and he has done such damage to certain individuals, certain people, certain elements of people that have a thinking that they don't even know if they're male or female any longer. And that's not where we're going to go this morning. But it's just a thought to show how the enemy, our, our, the devil, doesn't stop. And I'm thankful for the missionaries that we have. Those that have missions that are out there doing a work. And, and the missionaries that, and the mission groups, organizations that we work with are out on the front lines doing something that as a church, we can't quite spend the amount of time that they're able to doing what they do. And that's why we've chosen to support the ones that we have. For all 12 of the missions that we support on a monthly basis, five of them are right from this home. Two of our international ministries, Basket of Hope and... We, we call it CHE, Community Health Empowerment, I believe is what CHE is all about. And, and these, are, these are people, you know Sharon Hester. Matter of fact, Sharon and her husband Howard are on the continent. Well, so are the other one. CHE is Dr. Chris and his wife Jane Palakis. Both are on the continent of Africa right now. One in Kenya, Sharon and Howard are in Kenya right now doing the work that they do over there with ministry, uh, just all kinds of different ministry that's going on. And the Plakases are in Uganda and have been serving over there for almost 35 years. And I think Sharon's really close to the same number of what she's been doing for all these years. Three other ministries that are here with us regularly, Gateway to Glory, Chaplains Steve and Robin Malik. Uh, Life Builders Detroit, Larry and Marilyn Johnson, and Night Angels, Mel and Twyla Baggett. Man, what a gift they are to the body of Christ. What a gift they are to this church. And then we have our other seven wonderful partners and ministries that include Abigail Ministries, Compassion Pregnancy Center, Community Hands Food Pantry, uh, Life Challenge, Reconciliations, Ministries. Uh, we also have internationally Christ to Every Nation, CTEN, which is the Cortezes in Ecuador. And we just had a trip return back in the early part of summer, and we're going to be hearing from them this Wednesday night. If you want to hear what happened in Ecuador from a team that traveled over there of eight people, nine people, come tonight. Or not tonight. Please don't come tonight. Come this Wednesday night. 
Please come this Wednesday night and hear their report. And then we also have Operation Serve International, which are uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Sam Asadik and his wife, Connie, that serve in Egypt and in Mexico. Great ministries, great people. We communicate with them as regularly as we possibly can. We have a, a committee of mission leaders that come together regularly. But they get together with our missionaries through contact, through phone, through emails, through whatever. They get together with them either monthly or bi-monthly, whatever they can. And then they report to them what's going on back to us as a committee, as a, you know, when the whole committee comes together. And what we are trying to do is let our missionaries know, hey, we're out, we're here And when you're out on the field, we're here to support you. We're here to lift you up. We're here to pray for you. Yes, financially, we can bless you too. But every missionary that I've ever met will tell you that prayer is way more important. That's the number one thing that they need. As much as they need financial support, they really desire that prayer support. So we have people reaching out to them and letting them know Bethesda loves you. Bethesda's praying for you. Bethesda is still supporting you. And we're grateful for that. And those that are on that committee, I just want to say their names real quick. Denny Asbury, Winford Bailey, Todd and Robin Carley, Fred and Judith Esquivel, Maurice and Linda Graves, John and Fran Masters, Matthew and Rachel Moses. Both our pastors, Pat and Pastor Julie, help sit on the board and help out with that. And then, of course, myself, who helps administrate. These are people that love the Lord, love what God is doing all over this earth, and continue to keep in touch. So as we kick off this missions month today, I just want to talk to you a little bit about what I believe the Lord has put in my heart, and I trust will continue to stir in your heart. And as you know that there are three parts to our, to our church mission, you see it every time you walk in the lobby, if you gaze up just a little bit, we're supposed to what? Know the word, we're supposed to live the word, and what? Spread the word. And that's what we're going to talk about. That's what mission is about, spreading the word of God. We have to do all we can as we come together as a church to, to know the word. We've got to get into places where we're in classes and Bible study and, and even individual studies where we're getting the word into us. And then as we have that word in us, we've got to be living it on a daily basis, right? We've got to live it all the time. And when we're living it, we'll be continually spreading it. And in this particular season of missions... This year, we're going we're gonna to use the theme under the idea of spreading the word, the idea of one by one. As you see on your program, uh, your bulletin, or even behind me here, this idea of one by one. When God created, and I believe in creation, I hope you do too, he made something from nothing. He spoke things into existence. The very first part of our Bible says, in the beginning, God did what? God created. In Genesis 1, it tells us multiple times that that God said, if you read through Genesis 1, it'll say many times, let there be. And when he was done saying, let there be, it was. It was what he said. And then we get a little bit more understanding uh, 
when it came to man, this whole idea of man being made from the dust of the ground. It's kind of a sobering thought, isn't it? When it really comes down to it, we're all made from dust. If you get a little bit too high on yourself, you think you're a little bit too much more than what you maybe really are, maybe you need to remind yourself where you came from, where I came from. But God has a design and a purpose for us. See, what he did different than every other bit of the creation is he breathed the breath of life into us. He breathed the breath of life into us, and that's what makes us so much different than the rest of all this creation because as much as it was in his mind and his thought, he breathed that breath of life into us. And, and I don't want to be morbid this morning, but because I just was at a funeral, performed a funeral this past week, without breath, we're a corpse. There's no life whatsoever without the breath of God in us. Many may boast of their achievements and their abilities as though they were the ones that made something of themselves. And others may feel worthless because their abilities don't measure up to the others that are around them. They don't quite stand out like others. But see, what we need to realize is that our worth isn't in what we do and what we have and how much of it we may have, how important we may have become. It's the one who gave us breath, the breath of life. See, he values life. He values your life. He values my life. He values all life. It's not going to be on the screen, but 1 Timothy 2.4 tells us God wants all people to be saved and become, or to come to a knowledge of the truth. So I hope that today you'll be challenged by, by what you hear and quickened in who you are to be one of the people who desire to share with others this greatest story ever told the story of Jesus Christ. So if you will, we're going to go to John 1 for just a moment. It'll be on the screens if you have a Bible, if you have a device. John 1, 1 through 5 is what we're going to look at just briefly. And I have a couple other scriptures that we'll look at, but I'm only going to be focusing just on one part of this, but it's so good. We just have to read these first five verses. And it says this, in the beginning. Now, what did I just quote from Genesis, right? In the beginning, and here we are again in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made, and without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was the life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Through him, it says, all things were made. Now, let's do a quiz. Who made everything? 
the word, right? Through the word, everything was made through him. Verse three, through him, all things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. I was listening to a uh, minister. I don't know if you've ever heard of Pastor Matt Chandler. He's a pastor of the Village Church down in the Dallas or in the Texas area. And he was saying something about a commentator that he had read. And as much as I tried to find it, I couldn't. But I'm going to tell you what it said or the way he said it. And it's like, if you had a microscope and could see underneath everything in creation, past the atoms and past the, the um, particles inside the atom, and if you could get it down as deep as you possibly could with a microscope, this commentator, in, in his imagination, and he said, in divine imagination, you might see the inscription made by J.C. I loved it. I loved it when I heard that. If you could get down to the very core of everything about us, it's kind of like a painting. When you, when you put a painting and, you, and you're, you do your work, not me, I shouldn't say when we, um, when those that are great painters... And put their name to it. The value that becomes depending on the name, right? If I put my name on a painting, most of you would turn away and walk away and say, what is with this guy? What is in his head? He can't paint better than a kid going into kindergarten. But then you can have these others that can do it and they can sell for millions of dollars. JC, Jesus Christ, has put his label on every bit and every one of us and all that we are, knowing that you and I were created by him and for him should help us make sense of all the angst of life. We all struggle in this life to, you know, have ideas and thoughts and who are we? Why am I here? All this different thing. I had a gentleman in my office, actually a young guy in my office just a few weeks ago, asking me that question. Where did God come from? And so this angst that was stirring in him and, and it just, it got working in me and it's been working in me. And as I read this, you know what? We've not been be created by our job for our job. We haven't been made by our spouse and for our spouse. We haven't been made by our children for our children. Maybe it's a significant other. Maybe it's money. You haven't been made by money for money. You haven't been made by success for success. We have never, we'll, we'll never be able to find our fulfillment in any of that stuff. And that's where that angst becomes because we have been made by our God for our God. We have been made by the word who is Jesus, who spoke this into being, who breathed that breath of life into us. And we're never going to find the happiness or the fulfillment in anything without Jesus Christ because we were made by him and for him. And in him 
is the only place that we're ever going to find that satisfaction, that hope, that love, that thing that we do crave. Colossians 1, 15 and 17 says this, the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Say that with me again. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. The early church theologian and philosopher St. Augustine said this, you, you move us to delight in praising you, for you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Value? How much more valuable could you be than to have the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, his son, breathe the breath of life in you and give you abilities and give you talents and do the different things that you can do. But, you know, if, if we're going to look to the job, if we're going to look to our spouse, if we're going to look to just success or kids or money or whatever the things, we're not going to find that. What he wants to do with us is to move us to praising him as the source of all of these things, of all that we need, of all the struggles, of all the things. Praise the Lord and continue to praise the Lord. Praising Jesus, who is the word, the maker of all things. If he spoke it then, I believe he could still speak it today. This is how our forefathers, how the apostles were, were able to continue to sing praise to the Lord after all the awful things. And when I say awful things, just take a moment and read Hebrews 11. Or the other, the other story that came to my heart yesterday was, was Paul and Silas, who were beaten so bad because of their preaching and then they were chained up in the center of a prison, in the very middle of it. Man, it would be so easy to think that God forgot about you, wouldn't it? It'd be so easy to think that he just doesn't care about us. Wait a minute, we've been beat. All we were trying to do is preach your name and all we've got from it is a beating and thrown in jail. But what did they do? They began to sing. They began to praise the Lord. And oh boy, did it change the world that day. At least the world that they were in. They were the ones that began to sing praises to their maker, to the one that could change the circumstances, the one that was their maker. They understood being one by one. And here's one more passage that I want to read to you today out of 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8. And this is something that we just read this past week that just stirred in my heart all week long. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? 
Listen, listen to how Paul wrote this. Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted seed, Apollos watered it, but it's God that is making it grow. So neither of the one who plants nor the one who waters it is what? Anything. But only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will be rewarded according to their own labor. So as we move into this missions month, as we take this time, as we're, we focus on different things that our missionaries here that we support on a regular basis, and, and this year is going to be a little bit different now. We're going to bring in some other ministries that are going to help aid to the idea of the ministry that is going on in the world that is all around us. I hope you'll come out. A lot of that is going to happen on Wednesday nights. So I just ask that you would make Wednesday very much a priority in your schedule in this next month. And as I was trying to tie all this together in my heart and in my mind, I really appreciated the series uh, that we just completed on Wednesday night a few weeks ago called, called Sharing Jesus Without Fear. Because if I'm to be truly honest with you, there's been times where I have not shared with somebody out of fear. And I just don't want that to ever happen again. And the gentleman that was our host in this series made this statement that I really love. And it's success in witnessing is living the Christian life daily, sharing the gospel and trusting God for the results. Success is not bringing someone to Christ. Now, having someone come to Christ is obviously a great thing. But you know what? I can't get them to that place. What I can do is love the Lord with all my heart and I can continue to share the gospel. It's got to be the Lord that's going to bring that change, right? That's who will bring them to that place. I want to be used in that place and I'm grateful that I have been used in that place. And I hope you can say the same thing. I hope in this month and this, even this next year that we're going to spend in our missions time this idea of one by one is it who is it that I can be continually witnessing the love of Jesus Christ before and living the Christian life daily so that the Lord will get to a point where he continues to draw and bring this person to a point that maybe, maybe we have the opportunity to pray a sinner's prayer or whatever it may be and have the Lord draw them. Not the Father drawing them, right? I want you to watch this video that uh, we have. And I think it speaks very well to what Missions Month, and you're going to see a few of these over the next number of weeks. But watch this, because I think there's a great story here. Well, Aaron, thanks for coming in and talking with me today about missions. Yeah. As we start our Missions Month of 2018, there was a theme that came up that I think really hit a great nerve in me, and it was the idea of sowers and goers. And you're both. Why do you find it important to be a sower? For me, sowing is not just 
the cash aspect because I do go to school. I don't have a lot of it laying around to give, but I do have time that I can be giving. So I spend my time serving other people and doing my best to fulfill what God has called all of us to do, which is going out and telling everyone the good news. Is there any one special thing that happened on any particular trip that really solidified the idea of continuing to go in missions? In 2016, I went to Spain. It was at a camp, and so the girls in my cabin, one of them, uh, we'd been talking about the Lord and how you can accept him in your heart and everything. She was like laying on her bed, and her sister came in, and she was like all sad and teary-eyed. And I say, do you want to talk about anything? Long story short, both of them wind up accepting the Lord, even though they'd been in church for a long time. Like, I was able to share with them, like, this is how you do it, and I prayed with them, and I got to watch it all unfold, and God just put me right there to be in the right place at the right time, and watch him do his work um, in another language, which is really cool, too. That really hit home with me, and uh, makes me want to keep going, and keep sewing because it's critical when you watch someone change from death to life. You don't want to stop. <laughs> so how do you encourage others to continue that idea of, I need to go? Sometimes it's hard to stir up the passion and we get apathetic and we think that church is just something we go to and it's that's it. It's a Sunday thing or just a Wednesday thing. It's a lifestyle and we have to live it. So finding ways, whatever it is, whether it's praying to the Lord to restore your passion, restore your drive, and to give you the fire you need underneath you to go out and share. Missions Month always gets me too because it's showing us the other perspective. The people who are out there, the people who do need us, the people who are lost and hurting and don't know the Lord and need, need him. Well, hi, Ruby. We're here in your house, and we wanted to talk to you a little bit about missions because it has been something that I think has been a part of your heart for a long time. And as long as I've been the missions director, you've been in contact with me quite a bit about missions. So I want to ask you a few questions today, okay? Why do you find it important to contribute to missions? Very, I think I could sum it up in this. There's an old song in the words of, if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with the word or a song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. That's one of the reasons uh, God said, give. And it shall be given unto you a good measure, pressed down and running over shall me and given to your bosom. But I don't feel that uh, you should give, thinking in terms, I'm going to give because I'm going to get back. Right. I don't think, I think that it matters if you give from the heart whether anybody does something for you or not. Would you encourage others to give? I would encourage others to give, but I would also say be careful about your motive for giving because if you're giving, I'm going to give this because I'll get back, then you may as well just keep it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not true. It's not from the heart. 
And if you have to be reminded all the time, you know, uh, I gave and they didn't do this, and or you want someone to forever talk about what you did, then my personal opinion is keep it. <laughs> have you ever been at a position where it was, it kind of hurt to have to give? No. I don't feel as if you've got it to give. And if you see a need, I think you should give, but I think you should give, not thinking in terms of, well, if I give, I'll get this back or I'll get a surplus. If I give, it's free. All right, you just celebrated your 90th birthday. (laughs) You've been contributing for many, many years. Have you ever gone on a missions trip yourself? No, never been on a trip. Uh, there have been times that I wish I could have gone, but whether it was financial or whether it was illness, I never did. Well, I believe part of our discussion was because you haven't been able to go, this was your way of supporting somebody else to go in your stead. That's a sweet lady right there, Ruby French. I don't know that she's, she's been here once or twice, but I would say probably in about the last seven to eight years, she hasn't been here consistently at all. But I'll tell you what, she's on the phone with me. And I know there's others that are sitting here in this congregation that could say, oh yeah, I've had a discussion with Ruby. She's called me. She's done this. She sent me a card. She used to send my kids birthday cards and I'm sure other families can too. And once they hit double digits, it was a dime and then a penny. And then it was a dime and then it was two pennies. Whatever it was, I can't remember how far we went up. But she was just the sweetest thing, but she was always pouring in to other people. And I think she is such a great witness to the idea of who God is, who this, who this word is in her life, that I think she speaks very well to our missions program. Not that Aaron didn't. Aaron did a great job. And Aaron's doing a great job. But I just wanted you to be challenged this month and into the next year about, Lord, I'm here to worship you. I'm here to praise you. I'm here to lift your name up. When you come in to this place and to worship, boy, oh boy, put your thoughts directly on him. Put your thoughts directly on him. When we prayed in the back with the worship team, they're not here to make you happy. They're here to worship the Lord. Amen? And we're going to do all we can to make you as happy as we can. It's a hard thing to do with you folks. Sometimes. (laughs) Because we're all people. We all have an opinion. Guess what? We all have a right to keep it to ourselves, too. (laughs) I'm going to ask our elders and deacons to take their place because we're going to go to the communion supper. This is a very important part of this day, what the Lord has done for us again, right? This is all about Jesus. This is what he has done. And this is an open communion service for everyone who has made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. We want you to come in. We want you to be able to participate with us in this. We would ask that you would keep young children 
and have them refrain if they have not been taught, if they don't fully understand this idea that you would ask them to just refrain from taking the communion service and, and taking on more than maybe what they can handle in their life at this time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, starting in verse 23, we read this. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And that's why many among you are weak and sick. And a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that you will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather together, you should all eat together. So as our elders and deacons pass out this communion supper, when you get the bread, just hold the bread until we pray. But in this time as you're receiving it, take time to examine your heart.